Welcome to Diggin' the Dharma, where we dig into the Buddhist Dharma and explore ways to bring these 2,500-year-old teachings into our lives. I'm Doug Smith of Doug's Dharma on YouTube and the online Dharma Institute. And I'm John Aaron, teacher at New York Insight Meditation Center and mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher and teacher trainer and founder of Space to Meditate. Greetings, Doug. How are you, John? How are you doing this fine morning? I'm uh, doing okay. <clears throat> it's the start of a busy day, but glad to be here with you. <laughs> so, um, As am I. Yeah, and uh, greetings to all of you who may be listening at this point. Well, at this point, you're not listening. We're just recording, but when we come on, <laughs> it's this kind of... It's this uh, question of what what time we're talking about. Yeah. If you're hearing and, uh, our voices, you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's all timeless. Um, That's right. What is time anyway? Yeah. So uh, yeah. So so we a couple of weeks ago we had a conversation about quote secular mindfulness, mm. a word I hate. <laughs> uh, it's a word secular that I hate, and 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 mm. yet you know we we thought today we'd kind of address what's often referred to as secular Buddhism and and. Mm -hmm. You know, you've been more engaged in, in that term, I suppose, than I have. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, how, do, how would you define secular Buddhism? And what does it mean to you? Yeah, I mean, it's, that's, it's, a, it's kind of a, it's a big question. The word secular comes from sort of seculum, which is the, the uh, Latin term, I guess, for the age, this age, and sort of sort of like, how you define that is is a question, and it has secular has a lot of meanings in contemporary society, uh, some of which are I think useful and some of which are not, and that's why I, I also have trouble with it, uh, or I should say not so much that I have trouble with it, but a lot of my listeners do uh, mm. on my uh, videos on YouTube, which is why uh, you know I used my YouTube YouTube channel used to be called Doug's Secular Dharma. And then I dropped the term secular, and so it's just now Doug's Dharma, which is shorter and easier to remember. But, I mean, one of the meanings, uh, which is the one that I think is problematic, is that secular is, is, is set up as an opposition to religion. So, you're either religious or you're secular, and the two don't meet. And, in fact, secular means anti-religion, basically. It's sort of somebody, a secularist is sort of thought of as somebody who doesn't like religion, who, you know, re reacts badly to religious concepts and ideas, and probably wouldn't want to be caught dead as a Buddhist, right? Because that's religious. Mm. The other meaning uh, of, of secular is sort of a broader definition, is, is sort of the idea of secular when you talk about a secular society, secular government, which isn't really anti-religious, it just, it, it allows for a broader, what's the word I'm looking for, a broader sort of platform on which people can come with different uh, backgrounds and ideas and converse in a an open and welcoming environment. So, it's different from a certain kind of narrow religious kind of dogmatism, it's sort of anti-dogmatic in a mm -hmm. sense. That's that's secular. I mean, and to me, the second use of the word secular is more useful. It's sort of a a, a broad kind of public uh, ability to to come together with different ideas, in particular, religious or non-religious ideas. Uh, you know, in a sort of a, a, a 
a group together without having to, you know, sort of argue over minutiae. Right. Well, no, it's, it's sort of the other word that would potentially be considered its opposite would be spiritual. Um, yeah, although there are spiritual secularists. I mean, that's the weird thing. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, just it, as much. You know? It's also, of course, the problem with words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because <laughs> yeah, we identify with it in a certain way, and it, when people when people talk about secular mindfulness, you know, for instance, it's it's <clears throat> it's separating the quality of mindfulness from, say, mindfulness in the Buddhist context. Mm-hmm. You know, in the Buddha's teachings and the Dharmic teachings, right. um, and yet you know they're intertwined. I mean, obviously, we can teach mindfulness without without getting into its Dharmic roots, mm-hmm. and yet knowing those Dharmic roots, you know, and and those Dharmic roots aren't necessarily secular or spiritual or religious. They're just you know, it's 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 how the word was translated. Mm-hmm. I do, I do know that some people like have a very strong reaction, you know, if they're taking, say, a, a MBSR class, mindfulness based stress reduction class, and there's any hint of spirituality, it's like they mm-hmm. go ballistic. Yeah. Or any hint of religion, they right. go ballistic. And, and even like a poem that might be read, you know, uh, it can really create interesting reactions. And, and it's, it's, uh, it kind of goes back to uh, some other an earlier conversation around attachment, mm-hmm. you know, to like how we react to a word or perception mm-hmm. of a word. You know, when when some people hear secular Buddhism, they think it's oh, you know, it's devoid of any uh, religious overtone, mm-hmm. um, re- and of course, even the word religion has a particular, you know, can be can you know we can have a religious. We can practice something religiously. <laughs> yeah. You know, meaning we practice it, you know, with deliberateness and, and uh, energy and um, whether it's attached to a religion or not, we can practice something religiously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, how do we hold these words? And um, Yeah, I mean, they're none of them perfect. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and lots of people, I mean, I think maybe um, I'm familiar with people uh, and it's certainly a number of people within the secular community who have had bad experiences with religion. And so, you know, there are, there is certainly a, right. a wing of secularism generally that is anti-religious, uh, and a lot of them because they've had terrible experiences with religions in their past. Yeah, understand. Um, yeah, that's uh, Maybe abuse or something yeah. like that, and they just don't want any part of it. Yeah. So when something comes up that sounds religious to them, they just sort of go the other direction because it, yeah. it, it's a turnoff. Yeah. That I mean, that certainly is part of it, but it doesn't need to be. Uh, the I mean, the other issue is when I say you know you have this sort of open platform, um, open field of of discourse. Uh, is how that is actually cashed out, you know, in the particular example. In other words, how do we allow this kind of open discourse and? I mean, this is one of the things that uh, the Dalai Lama has written actually a couple of books on. Obviously, he's not, you know, secular. I mean, he's a religious figure, but on the other hand, he has a book called Beyond Religion. Uh, and another book, uh, I've forgotten the name of it, uh, that he wrote before that one on the similar kind of topic, uh, where he, you know, he discusses what, what could be described in so many words as secular, sort of secular Buddhism, mm-hmm. um, which is... You know, being aware that there are other people, let's say, who are 
of other religions, uh, be it Christian, Jewish, Muslim, whatever, or no religion. And so if you come to a discussion about mindfulness, let's say, or about uh, uh, ethics, which is a big topic, of course, world ethics, and you start using sort of ideas from Buddhism that are not shared with these other religions, let's say, such as rebirth, you're going to get pushback because they're going to say, well, but we aren't, you know, we aren't reborn, right? I mean, or we're reborn only in heaven and that's it, you know, right. there's God and there's heaven. And so you don't end up getting very far in your discussion because you've sort of closed off that door by saying, you know, if you wanted to discuss this with me, we have to, you know, agree to the Buddhist ground rules. <laughs> and that's not really a great place to start. Um, so, I mean, you know, for the Dalai Lama, he wrote this book about Beyond Religion, saying basically that, you know, we need a secular ethics. I mean, I don't know what he called it quite that that term, but that's what it really was, a sort mm. of a, a universal ethical principle um, around the goals of non-harming, you know, sure. not killing, not stealing, the kind of, you know, uh, the things that we th think of as important in Buddhism, but that are important worldwide. Sure. And you could make a same the same kind of I mean, people have the same kind of our, uh, discussion about a mindfulness practice. It's so important that to to insist upon a Buddhist interpretation that excludes people who don't believe in certain kinds of Buddhist things would, I think, be unskillful in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, and and also, it's uh, the word you know, it, it's uh, it's unnecessary. I mean, it's, yeah. it's you know because we we. It serves humanity, you know, for people to take on, you know, to, to cultivate this quality of mindfulness, you know, whether it's, you know, linked to Buddhism or not. It doesn't need to be. And it's, and it's also not exclusive to Buddhism at all. Um, obviously. And then there was something else that came to my mind, which is, uh, you know, cause I would consider myself, uh, I think the term that a lot of people use, say, you know, for my situation is culturally Jewish. Mm. Right, right. So I was brought up in a Jewish. I was brought up in a Jewish family, but we were not religious. Mm. But we certainly, you know, did certain cultural things, you know, and celebrated holidays in a way, you know, that were culturally rooted, versus you know, <clears throat> even spiritually rooted that came later. And and then what becomes interesting is you know when I I really started exploring the Dharma deeply. <clears throat> how it closely aligned with certain, you know, so many Jewish teachings and, and, you know, sort of realizing, oh, yeah, there's certain universalities here, mm -hmm. you know, which are not tied to a particular religion, um, but maybe perhaps um, illuminated more clearly in certain religions mm -hmm. um, and more, more cogently, you know, so that that I think is really interesting and important. Well, in, in Judaism also, there's, the, I mean, as I don't know a huge amount about it, but the, there's this distinction between, let's say, Reform Judaism sure. and and Orthodox yeah. Judaism. And Reform Judaism is, to my mind, again, I'm not a, an expert in this by yeah. any means, but to my mind, closer to something like a secular Buddhism. It's sort of like a secular Judaism. To some degree. I mean, it's... It depends how, I mean, of course, but yeah. there's going to be a range of people here, and this is the same in, uh, as, as I see it in secular Buddhism. There's going to be a range of people within, yeah. let's say, a reform uh, 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 congregation, some of whom may see themselves as quite secular, yeah. um, uh, who are there for you know more a, a, a quite different kind of thing than people who uh, see themselves as religious. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, 
Yeah, I mean, so there's, you know, there's a, <laughs> there's, there are no, there are no strict rules here, right? I mean, we, we sort of, you know, evolve in our own way and, and uh, to some degree, you know, and we've talked here before about kind of devotional practice, for instance. Mm -hmm. And when, when I'm leading a retreat, particularly with my partner, Upaiti, when, when we're leading a retreat, you know, she is, you know, very much involved. And, and uh, you know, devotional practice to her is important. And when I've studied with certain teachers, I know it's important to them. And when I've taken it on myself, I realize that oh, yeah, there's there is something that's very grounding in that in, in devotional practice. And put in a secular context, it's just another way of embodying you know what we're. It brings us into our body in a different way. Mm -hmm. You know, if we are chanting or if we are bowing. You know, that is, those are body practices, mm -hmm. whether you take them religiously or, or not, you know, there, there's well, depending what we mean by religion, that's sort of, this, well, is, yeah. this is the question, you know, yeah. whether we, whether we take them in the context of a, say, a, a, a Buddhist devotional practice mm -hmm. or just recognize, yeah, there is that. And there's something else going on here, right? which is, which is helpful. Right. Um, and so, you know, recognizing that. But it's like, I think, uh, again, uh, to return to the same theme, uh, my understanding is that within a reform congregation, you can have people who are atheist, um, who don't believe in a deity oh, yeah. of any kind. But yeah. it's th this is the same well, kind of thing, yeah. right? That for them, they may feel that a devotional practice is useful to them because it, it brings them into the body, because it makes them feel good, whatever, but they don't think they're actually performing this to a deity. I, I see my, you know, my kind of secular Buddhism as analogous, completely analogous. I mean, I, I mean, I, I think that devotional practices can be indeed very good. And I, and sometimes when I, you know, when I go to a zendo, which is I haven't been to one recently, but you know, when you you do bow, you prostrations mm -hmm. and so on, I find that very useful and and beautiful even, and and that the chanting can be quite nice. But I do not think of it as as I mean, I don't think of it as devotional in the sense that. You know, I am, you know, uh, devoting myself to, let's say, a deity or to the Buddha or somebody, you know, and there are certain aspects of traditional belief that I don't accept. Mm -hmm. um, I'm happy that other people do. They're, they're welcome to their own beliefs, but I, I sort of just don't. And again, I just think of it as, as absolutely, you know, very, very similar to a kind of a reform take of Buddhism. Uh, and I don't, I don't, it sort of surprises me that there is so much pushback from Buddhists who you would think would sort of be okay with lightening up around views, but, you know, sometimes there, is, <laughs> sometimes there isn't. And some of it would be quite nasty, frankly. Yeah, um, no, it's true. Um, not to say there aren't nasty secularists as well, but there's certainly some nastiness within traditional yeah. Buddhism. Um, yeah. And it's sort of, you know, the you're not a Buddhist thing, which you hear from very prominent Buddhist monastics, you know, okay, so anybody who's secular is not a Buddhist, you know, or or... A John Bramali recently saying there's no such thing as secular Buddhism, that kind of thing, which is just it's just nasty and not necessary. I mean, you could say, I mean, you know, within Judaism, somebody might say, oh, you know, if you, if you don't believe in God, you're just not a Jew, you know, I mean, that kind of thing, well, which has the, been the, said, I'm sure. Well, but. and also, I mean, even, even I, you know, the, 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 the ultra-conservative Jews in Israel wouldn't consider Reformed Jews to be Jews at all. There you go, yeah. Uh, definitely Same thing. not. Uh, mm -hmm. believing, whether you believe in God or not. 
And, you know, they believe in God. Well, okay, well, all right, who's, what's God? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, you know, in a sense, uh, yeah. And, and so, again, it's like we get tied to these words and, and the words can <clears throat> create divisions and the divisions create animosity. And it's like, what are we holding to? <laughs> yeah. You know, and and uh, <clears throat> it's fascinating. Um, I mean, to me, the, the, the central practice of Buddhism insofar as you can point to it as one of of non-attachment. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that doesn't rely on any view. Uh, I mean, I understand views can be helpful. Lord knows, that many of them are extremely <laughs> helpful. And for some people, they find traditional Buddhist views to be very helpful to their practice of non-attachment. Yeah. But I just don't think that they're required. Uh, and then the, there's the other argument that, you know, you have to have traditional views to be ethical, and I just don't think that's true. It can be useful. Some people find traditional views on rebirth to be useful to their ethical practice. Some people even claim that if they did, if they didn't believe in rebirth, they wouldn't be ethical, which is sort of similar to the, the Christian view that, you know, if you don't believe in God, you, you, you won't be ethical. But again, I mean, there are plenty of very ethical uh, secular people, um, I mean, sure, and, and, and plenty of, uh, of traditional uh, believers who were, were not really not very good. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean, this... No, it's true. And, uh, you know, Rebirth Retreat, I mean, we've talked a little bit about on this podcast, and it's, um, you know, usually when somebody says they don't believe in Rebirth, I'll, I'll say, well, what do you think Rebirth is? <laughs> you know, mm. It's like, and, you know, it can, be, it can be seen through several different, in several different ways. Sure. And, you know, it doesn't have to be, yeah, I mean, so it's like, Secular or not, you know, spiritual or not, mm-hmm. religious or not, you know, something's being reborn mm-hmm. at every moment, and it's like, how do we, sure. how do we hold Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's fascinating, and I, I think it, it, it really does come on, uh, come down to how the holding of views, you know. And, oh yeah, you know, it's all about views. <laughs> yeah, and about. and so it's like, uh, and and we've done that podcast already, so we don't have to talk about it again. <laughs> But if, if, um, yeah, I mean, so as you were saying, some views are helpful and, and really, but at the same time, you have to let go of them at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they're, 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 they're a guide, but they're not the law. And, you know, it's like, well, try, you know, look at, the, look at it this way, you know, or look at it this way, or try looking at this lens, mm-hmm. you know, so. And they're useful to particular people at particular times, right. also. So I guess, you know, uh, uh, what's interesting is that, you know, when I brought this up a couple of weeks ago, when I was talking about secular, you know, we were talking about MBSR, and I said, well, we could talk about secular mindfulness, and I said, or secular Buddhism, and you said, oh, no, that's a bigger topic. So, mm-hmm. it's like, well, what is what is actually, you know, so if we're talking about, quote, secular mindfulness versus secular Buddhism, mm-hmm. I mean, if it's, it's the same use of the word. It's the same... Uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think um, secular mindfulness is a little bit narrower of mm-hmm. a of a topic, and uh, I mean, not that it's not a big topic, but it's just yeah. narrower in the sense that you're talking about one particular practice, mindfulness practice, and how to bring that particular Buddhist practice to uh, an audience that may not be interested in you know traditional Buddhist beliefs. Right. So what's really interesting there, of course, is that mindfulness isn't really a practice; it's a quality. <laughs> and we do practices to cultivate that quality. Right, right, right. Right. And so it's like, and, and whether those practices are, quote, secular or Buddhist, we're cultivating the, the same quality. 
Right. right. So mindfulness itself is a quality that is doesn't matter what you're where you're coming from, if you've mm-hmm. cultivated that quality, whether you're, you know, cultivating as a Catholic monk or a Buddhist monk or a, you know, you're it's it's still rooted in the same meaning. And and that's what's kind of interesting about it. Yeah. And I think when people uh, I mean, people push I mean, at least in my understanding, when people push back on the idea of uh, secular mindfulness, um, just as when they push back on the idea of secular Buddhism, a lot of the push has to do with this idea that you're sort of leaving ethics out of it, that you're, you know, if you're right. talking about secular mindfulness or if you're talking about secular Buddhism, you're sort of implicitly recommending non-ethical or unethical kinds of, of things. And I just right. don't think so either of them is true. Yeah, yeah, it's a misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, uh, any secular Buddhist that I'm familiar with is is very interested in, in Buddhist ethics. I mean, yeah. the, the yeah. ethics are, are primary, really. Even if you don't talk about ethical topics all the time uh, within a mindfulness context, there's just no way to leave leave them out. They're yeah. they're essential. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I just don't think that's uh, a reasonable <laughs> <laughs> a reasonable argument against against the, the yeah yeah I would agree. And, you know, people fall short all the time, of course. So it's like, you know, unethical, uh, you know, yeah. and, and, and it doesn't, well, in some cases, you know, it can be really destructive, of course, but that's because the individual has, you know, misinterpreted something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it happens um, everywhere. It happens yeah, within traditional as well as sure. secular uh, yeah. contexts. Yeah. Um, I mean, the other thing that people, I think, uh, are concerned about in secular Buddhism in particular, is being criticized, you know, that, that that they may feel that secular Buddhists are saying that, you know, they have the right form of Buddhism and other people don't. And uh, certainly sometimes you get that, at least how I read some of Stephen Batchelor's stuff. <laughs> sometimes he sort of goes that route of saying, you know, or implying that sort of the Buddha was secular. I don't know that he really 100% implies that, but he sort of goes that route a little bit. And you do hear that from time to time, but I don't go that route myself. Um, I don't think the Buddha was secular. And, you know, as far as criticizing one another, you know, that's, again, all getting into views. You know, yeah. of course, everyone thinks that their views are right, otherwise they wouldn't hold them. But we don't need to be nasty to one another about it. And, you know. I mean, I wonder if the Buddha even thought about it. You know, the Buddha was just... I mean, he was obviously, you know, in a certain cultural context and in a certain religious context, he was sort of looking at one one way of practice and thinking, "This isn't. There's something missing here." And and then, you know, through his own exploration, you know, arose a new, you know, different set of teachings. And it's like, well, that's that that was it. I mean, it was just like, oh, and so here here, this is the way. This is how I found my way into this place of mm-hmm. freedom. Maybe you'd like to try it. And so, you know, he was coming out of one one tradition, right, and and kind of creating new uh, new parameters. He wasn't, you know, of course, as, as, as often said, well, the Buddha wasn't a Buddhist. You know, he was just the Buddha. You know, you know, so it wasn't secular or religious or spiritual. It was just this is a well. He probably considered it spiritual. You know, because that, that at least the way it's been translated, he talks, you know, a lot about the spiritual life, but mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, the word secular yeah. and religious, those those are Western terms. Right. You know, that, this is exactly. the thing. These are terms yeah. that did not exist. They don't exist in Pali. They don't exist yeah. in Sanskrit. They don't have any real counterparts. I mean, the people will look at the, a word like dharma and translate it as religion, but no. clearly that's inadequate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, these terms are very modern terms. Yeah. I mean, secularism yeah. is a term probably from the, I'm guessing, from the 18th century uh, in, you know, in the West, you know, and, and, and yeah. coming and, out of... As said, came out of the Latin term, but it's... Yeah, and coming yeah, out of uh, a conflict in, 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 in Christianity in particular and mm-hmm. wars between <laughs> the Catholics and the Protestants and this sort of uh, getting fed up with these kinds of religious killings and deciding yeah. that there has to be a, a different way. Yeah. So, translating that back to Buddhism is, is uh, you know… Problematic. Problematic, <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, here we are. <laughs> here we are. All right, friends. Well… Hope this has been an interesting conversation for you to like listen into, um, and we'd love to have your comments on this. Yeah, comments, so opinions, please, views. Uh, <laughs> yeah, views. Uh, yeah, please. You know, check out the website diggingthedharma.com. Leave your comments and buy us some coffee to support the show and uh, keep us awake us, for the next one. <laughs> yeah, that would make us very happy. That's not the only thing that makes us happy, but you know, it doesn't hurt. No. And. Um, Wonderful conversation, John. Thank you. Until next time. Be well, friends. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on your podcast directory. And please check us out at digginthedharma.com where you can leave a comment, buy us a coffee, and even become a member. You can find out more about me, John Aaron, at johnaaron.net and Doug at dougsdharma.com.